Today on the podcast, we're talking to Brian Collings, the CEO of Torstone Technology. Brian, you're the CEO of the company and you specialize in post-trade solutions. Can you talk to me about what that involves? Of course, Sunny. Yeah, Torstone Technology, we provide everything in the post-trade area. So from risk management, middle and back office, right through to the accounting. And we provide that as software as a service really focused at those financial institutions on the sell side but they can be you know very much global most of our clients they're banks and brokers of various sizes uh, including sort of tier one firms Uh, and we do this globally across uh, six office locations across north america and europe and asia but we're also in other countries where our clients have offices too Obviously, right now we are living through a pandemic, which is affecting, I guess, every single industry in the world. But it's not the first time we've had this kind of big intervention. When it comes to, for example, the 2008 financial crisis, is there any similarities that we can draw from that? Yes, Sunny, there are some similarities, but there's one key difference I wanted to go through before talking about the similarities. Firstly, in 2008, it was the banks that initiated the crisis. And obviously, in turn, that affected uh, many businesses, uh, particularly when banks were pulling the credit lines and credit was tightened. Whereas I think COVID-19 has already affected you know, most businesses, in fact, directly. And that's created the pressure on the banks to provide or extend those credit lines, which I think they're they're trying to do but uh, again causes issues so i think that's one very different basis of of where the crisis has come from but i think that has as you say created a lot of similarities between the two first being the high volatility changes on a global scale like we've seen here has created massive market volatility across the board and in turn that's created extremely high trading volumes obviously generally in one direction at the moment The second, I think, is cash is king. So having a very good balance sheet is essential to bridging the gap. In 2008, I think the pressure on balance sheets was tremendous. And I think some of the regulatory changes that have gone on since then have helped make that uh, less of a problem for the banks. But I think for businesses, you know, cash is absolutely king until we get back to some form of normality. And then finally, I think all businesses including banks uh, are just having to do a lot more with less and that because of the cost pressures. So I think some businesses that are just less business and therefore needing to cut back on the people that they employ. But I, I think as things come back to normal because of those cost pressures that they're going to have to continue to get their business back to normal, but still with less people. So I think from that point of view, I think the, the cost pressures and uh, pressures on some of the changes that people have to make uh, will be there. I think finally, I guess, just in terms of how the banks are coping, they are in a much better position than in 2008. Balance sheets are much stronger, as, as I mentioned, because of the regulation. Uh, and in fact, many of our clients that are, that are banks and brokers have, have seen some of the largest trading volumes ever. The other thing is, of course, that everyone is sitting at home if they're able to. And it has been a few months now. Is there anything we've learned so far from people having to work from home? Yeah, it's been very interesting, actually, particularly if I focus initially on the the banks and brokers, in fact, as, as well as ourselves. 
the transition uh, to work from home actually has been very smooth if you, you think about the time frame that people have had to adjust in. And, and I think if I look at this, I think it's probably because that a lot of the banks and brokers do work on a global basis. So their inter-office communication or communicating with their colleagues in other offices, you know, although travel has stopped, certainly people have been communicating in various methods, you know, whether that's textual like email or texting, etc. much more now, you know, using sort of video facilities. But I think people have been geared up to doing that. So I think now that local offices have obviously been split up and people working from home, I think people have, have sort of jumped on that way they work globally to working in a, in a single site between the remote offices. I think a lot of lessons have been learned in terms of the you know, business continuity planning. Actually, working from home is, is a pretty good continuity plan. And I, I've known some of the bigger banks uh, actually deciding that that's a much better route than their normal BCP plans, particularly for, for you know, individuals. So I think we've learned quite uh, a few lessons in, in terms of how easy it's been for the banks and brokers. I think that's obviously very much more difficult if you widen that out into all businesses. But I think people are very innovative and the adjustments, I think, not only has uh, helped in terms of the immediate crisis, but I think it's changing people's perceptions of of how future business may be done and obviously done more remotely. So you think there will be more remote positions and more, maybe more flexibility in terms of where you work from? going forward i think very much so because i think you know we, certainly we've found the productivity is very high with people working from home and uh, people certainly don't miss the commute for those living in bigger <laughs> cities but i i think actually you know the amount of global travel that's been going on i think is not as necessary as potentially people made out i think in the sales process you know there is always that particularly with with new clients there's that process of building up the trust and, and I think you know a lot of that needs to face-to-face uh, discussion and I think I've missed some of that face-to-face discussion in, in the last uh, few months so I don't think that will ever go away but I think the balance between travel and actually making a video call because the technology on the video call has, has improved quite dramatically. Then over to the tech side of it which solutions do you think have been indispensable during the crisis? Uh, Sonia, I think one of the key solutions that, that we've been involved with for quite a long time, but has shown itself to be very successful is the cloud-based technology. So, you know, we, we are software as a service ourselves and cloud-based, but I've seen um, lots of businesses uh, use that flexibility to scale. Uh, as I mentioned, those trading volumes, um, you know, sometimes three, four, five times the normal daily volumes. And that hasn't just been a single day spike, uh, which, which we did see with uh, the referendum in the UK uh, a few years ago. Um, but this has been, you know, more consistent. So I think that capability of dealing with the um, extremely large trade volumes has shown software solutions just just need to scale not just dealing with the volumes but actually dealing with those volumes in an automated way so uh, that it it doesn't cause a dramatic increase in manual effort Um, and i think that's one of the things that people will look to to the future uh, in terms of how they fine-tune that linked to cloud is also automation 
And how do you see that continue to uh, improve and impact the operational environment for financial services firm? Yeah, I, th- I think um, certainly initially we, we've seen a focus of our clients and, and potential clients just looking at you know that remote remote working and fine tuning their environments so that most people could work from home but we're now starting to see businesses making more strategic decisions to improve that operational uh, environment for the future so i think total cost of ownership is still absolutely key you know i think that was key pre pandemic but i think that's the the filter of covid has, has increased that pressure mm-hmm. It's also increased that pressure to be uh, volume insensitive, as I say, because that volumes have been have been fairly consistent. You know, unless you're on top of that sort of daily increased volume, then uh, you know you've been suffering quite badly. So, uh, I think a lot of the focus now is, you know, how do people adjust to potentially continued volatility and needing to make you know much more automation of even the exceptions. I think there was, you know, a decade ago, a lot of focus on exception processing. But when those volumes increase, even those exceptions need to be handled in a more sophisticated way. So most companies, I, I think, are still moving to a flexible technology or a software as a service in the cloud. I think is still a huge leap to to get them from where they are some still based on legacy systems but i think in the in the future we see some of those ai techniques sitting on top of those more modern platforms being able to help on that exception processing as well as as volumes increase and what do you look at as the biggest challenge for businesses in the coming years uh, in relation to resiliency and obviously also for torstone the challenge going forward i think is speed of change so I think we, you know, we, we've talked about the automation and how we need to get there. But I think both from a risk management point of view, as well as operational automation, constant change is always going to be on the agenda. And I think you need to ensure that change is part and parcel of running your business. Banks had always separated out a lot to sort of change the bank from run the bank. And I think to be a winner, those two have to be uh, more closely aligned. So actually changing the bank is as similar to running the bank as, as possible. So that constant change and being able to cope with that constant change without disruption to the business. Uh, so sort of more automation of testing and more, I guess, our, our philosophy and going forward, I think will we'll hopefully prove to be a winner is frequent change. So often changing, but each change is a small change. But if you do it more regularly mm-hmm. and more constantly, then it does become part of just you know running the business just ensuring that it doesn't disrupt uh, the day-to-day activities one thing is it needs to have a mixture of the long-term vision to get to that point where you are on a improved platform certainly a more more modern platform and a cloud-based platform which allows for that constant change to take place the other side of that is ensuring that organizationally there is that appetite for change so uh, i think a lot of a lot of banks historically have been very hesitant i think quite rightly so because you know they see um, they see some banks making major change and that causes incidents that are absolutely detrimental so getting that phased approach to incrementally change the bank 
but to make that change sort of constant uh, and that needs a, a you know a slight mindset change of um, just accepting that that has to go on on a, on a constant basis.